What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Mailari. So today's the last day of the NFL regular season. I'm going to break down how the Giants have been playing over the last few weeks with Paul from Southeast coming on to the podcast here. He's been a regular on the radio show in the podcast over the last seven or eight months now. So pleasure having him on. He's going to come on and talk about the Giants, talk about what he's seen from the team, and talk about how excited he is to see the Giants in the playoffs. Paul, how are you doing? Doing well, Joseph. How are you today? Doing well. Sight to see the Giants obviously be in the playoffs next week. We still have a week to go before we see who we're going to play, but today will be the day we see who we're going to play next week. So obviously a lot at stake today for the Giants, even though they will be benching all their starters, it seems like. At least a lot of them. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Leonard Williams, Adoree Jackson's come back from the injury. He'll be out. It seems like a lot of the injury-prone guys are sitting today, which I'm fine with. And Do you feel the same? I'm off the planet excited about the Giants' turnaround in one year. I mean, it was the last five years, I believe, they didn't exceed five or six wins, maybe, in all those years. And now we hit nine, chance to win ten, with only six losses. Um, Dayball and Shane should be credited with Coach of the Year or GM of the Year for turning this team around with the talent level. Executive of the Year, yeah. You know, they, um, I mean, they have unknown wide receivers, and um, the offensive line is still a work in progress, but it did get better. But to have them in the playoffs now, I, I'm off the charts excited. I'm psyched to see how they play, too, in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, what they had to do was win last week against the Colts, and then this week could be a toss-up, but they want to play starters or not. They chose to bench at least more of the injury-prone players like Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Leonard Williams, Dory Jackson. I'm sure there'll probably be Andrew Thomas out, too, I'd imagine, since he's had his injuries. So at the end of the day, they're going to be benching a lot of their starters. But at the, end, at the same time, you can't bench every single starter since you don't have enough guys in the practice squad to play everyone. So the Giants probably will have to play some starters. I'd imagine Dexter Lawrence probably plays a little bit. Darius Slayton plays a little bit. Richie James has to play a little bit. But without Saquon Barkley in the game, that means Gary Brightwell will be getting the touches with Matt Breida probably as well. How happy to see Gary Brightwell get a shot today. Love Gary Brightwell. He hits that hole like he came out of a cannon. I think he needs more touches. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's a weapon in the playoffs. I mean, teams couldn't really scout him. He didn't get a lot of touches during the year. But the few times he's carried the ball, he hits that hole as fast as anybody I've seen. So not only is he a great return man, I want to see him get some touches. I don't mind sitting the status. I think it's a great idea. We're playing for the big picture here. We're not playing to win this game. I think our seed uh, is locked up no matter if we win or yep, lose. Yeah, it is, yeah. So let's get healthy, and I think we can make a deep run. I think people can start um, forgetting the Daniel Jones trashing over the last couple of years. I mean, he's proven I'm not a numbers and ratings guy, but his quarterback ratings have been uh, as good as anybody in the league this year. 92 and a half passer rating. With, with the weapons that he, you know, he doesn't have a Tyreek Hill or a Travis Kelsey. Um, I mean, Saquon doesn't have had a great year. And Saquon could be a comeback player of the year. He had, he had a tremendous year. When he hits that hole, he, he can juke anybody. So uh, I'm very excited. I don't mind resting the status today. We're playing for the big picture to move on. I can't wait for the uh, schedule for Wild Card Weekend. Seems like the Giants, as of now, with Saquon sitting, their leading receiver on the regular season probably will end up being Richie James. Saquon and him both at 57 catches apiece. So Richie James, the number one receiver, obviously played very well last week, came up big, catches a lot of balls in big situations. He's dropped some big ones too. But I've always been a fan of him because I think at the end of the day, the first two games of the season, first two or three, we won some of those games because of how well he played in that game against the Titans. He had a couple of big catches. So I was fine with him, even though he dropped some passes. I know a lot of people fell off on him, but me and you stayed with him. Obviously, we both are big fans of him. What have you seen out of the Giants receivers? Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James, Darius Slayton. 
I, I think you can win with these guys. I mean, they're not all pros. I mean, everybody drops balls, it seems, now and then. And they've had a drop or two during the season. However, they've made the big catches in the clutch, in traffic, and, and they held on to the ball. Um, yeah. I think we can win with them. I have no problem with them. Give all the credit to Shane and the coaching by Dave Bowl and the staff. I didn't even know who these guys were a year or two ago, and now they could lead us to a playoff victory. So I'm very impressed with the two of them. And don't forget Daniel Bellinger. Was he a fourth-round pick out of San Diego State? Fourth or fifth round. Yeah, I think He's it was fourth, He's had a yeah. tremendous year. Got poked in the eye, got missed a month. Still makes a big catch every game. Good hands, great blocker. Um, I think this team could sneak, sneak up on anybody. I would agree with you there. The Giants on the season find themselves at 9-7-1. Last game of the season is today. The Giants find themselves at 9-6-1. So no matter what happens in today's game, they'll still be the sixth seed in the NFC playoffs. But there will be some starters playing, as I said. So Richie James on the year, 57 catches, 569 yards, four touchdowns. Isaiah Hodgins only played eight games this year, 33 catches, 351 yards, four touchdowns receiving, which is actually tied for number one on the team in reception touchdowns with Richie James. So pretty impressive, obviously, there. Both those guys getting some chances for the Giants. Neither one of them probably would have been fourth or up on any depth chart in the NFL, except when you're on the Giants, you have so many injuries, they had to work their way up, obviously, and with all the injuries they had, the Giants had no option but to play guys that were lower on the depth chart because at the end of the day, when you have Sterling Shepard going with the torn ACL, Kadarius Tony get traded, Wanda Robs a tears ACL, you have to, people, people have to step up. Kenny Galladay is obviously not making plays. Someone had to step up, end up being Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins. Darius Slayton's had a pretty quiet, yeah. quiet good year. 46 catches, 724 yards, two touchdowns. You look at the two touchdowns and say, oh, he hasn't really made too many big plays. He's actually 12. He has 12 big plays on the season, which is receiving plays of 20-plus yards. So pretty impressive. Pretty impressive, which is number one on the Giants team by far. The next closest is three from Isaiah Hodgins and three from Richie James. Slayton re- resurrected his career. I mean, I think at the start of the season, with all the wide receivers we had, don't forget, where, you know, Tony was still on the team then. Yep. I think Slayton might have been out of a job, and it turns out midseason he's the number one guy for a little while. Yeah, good thing we kept him. He's a big play guy. He's got speed. He goes deep. Uh, again, he doesn't have the best hands, but um, I'm, I'm glad he's on the team, and he works well with DJ. So for the Giants, they starting with Daniel Jones being on the bench. Looks like it'll be Davis Webb getting the start, is what I've heard from Art Stapleton on Twitter. So how do you feel about Davis Webb getting a shot? We liked him in the preseason. He played very well in the preseason. I'm going to try to find his stats from the preseason. But he threw very well. Let's see. In the preseason, three games played through four. Let me see here. Oh, this is yardage shots. Let me see passing. He was 60 of 81, passing for 74% completion percentage, 457 yards, Three touchdowns, no picks with a 99.7 QBR, which is very impressive. 99.7 quarterback rating. Great depth. I mean, uh, great depth in our quarterback position. I, I like Tyrod Taylor. Taylor as well. I think Davis Webb, um, I think he's got the tools. He could be a good quarterback in this league with a little experience. I remember him. He played most of the Jets last preseason game against the Jets. Yes, he did. I yeah. thought he played pretty well, too. He did. Um, so I'm, I feel happy with him at quarterback today. Um I'm excited to see. Yeah. This is actually his first career start. So, obviously, he's probably going to be jacked. Obviously, he's never played in an NFL game as a starter. So, he's probably going to be jacked just to get that opportunity. And it seems like Tyrod Taylor probably maybe play the second half. Or maybe they'll probably get Tyrod Taylor some snaps, I'd imagine. But haven't really heard too much about that. But speaking of new guys starting, which I know we'll, we'll come back to the Giants really quick. In today's NFL game, there's a lot of starters that didn't start last week for any of these teams. Baltimore start Anthony Brown from a BC and Oregon quarterback. Me and you both big fans of him. Chicago start Nathan Peterman. 
The Washington Commanders are starting Sam Howell, former UNC That's quarterback. He's a rookie. Miami stunts Skylar Thompson in a potential playoff situation where if they were to win and the Patriots were to lose, they clinch. The Giants obviously start Davis Webb. Arizona start David Blau. And then Indianapolis is starting Sam Ellinger over Nick Foles since Nick Foles is hurt with that rib injury that he suffered last week as a Giant. And Matt Ryan's on the bench. So a lot of new starters in the NFL. And I just heard Adam Schefter say that heading into this week, there were 64 starters at the quarterback position in the NFL this year. That's the most in the NFL ever, tied for the most. Today, they're definitely going to beat that right there with Anthony Brown making his first career start. Obviously, Davis Webb making his first career start too. It's going to be interesting to see. But Anthony Brown, me and you both big fans of, starting today for the Ravens. How do you feel about Anthony Brown getting the chance? I'm very happy he's going to get a chance to show what he can do. I know when we saw him at BC for a couple of years, we were very impressed with his uh, skills. He had the arm. He has the legs. He just needed a little experience. A little touch pass too. Um, yeah, so I, I think, you know, get him some, some uh, reps. I think he's going to be a fine quarterback in this league. Again, he's a, a great athlete with speed, can tuck it and run, and he's got a strong enough arm. So just he just needs uh, practice. I think he's going to be a fine quarterback. Wish him all the best today for the Ravens. Yeah, I'm excited to see him play. I mean, the, the Ravens still could move up in the seedings. Right now, if they were to win and face the Bengals in the wild card round, a coin toss determines home field. But clearly, they don't really care about the home field's coin toss because they're benching uh, Tyler Huntley. He'll be on the bench for them. He's been a little banged up. Their backup quarterback. Mark Andrews will not be playing today. J.K. Dobbins will not be playing today. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is out again with another week of being out with that PCL injury. So they're, they're missing a lot of guys in the Ravens, but they are fine with that. At the end of the day, probably realizing if we play the Bengals here or there, doesn't really matter much for us. We'll just go down to the coin toss. So Anthony Brown has a chance, obviously, to give them the potential of being home in that wild card weekend game against the Bengals if they were to face them. I think he's going to get it done. Anthony Brown played very well at BC, though, and Oregon at BC. In 2018, it was probably his best season. 20 touchdowns to nine picks. Also added two rushing touchdowns as well, a receiving and a rushing touchdown. So two total touchdowns away from the passing game. Then if you look at it at Oregon as well, he played very well. 19 touchdowns to seven picks as a senior last year. Also added nine rushing touchdowns last year. For the Oregon team, 28 total touchdowns last year, which is really impressive. Very impressive. He has some hands, too. He had, in his career at BC, four catches for 91 yards and three touchdowns with oh, those trick plays. So nice. maybe he'll get a chance to play today and catch a pass in, out of backfield. Yeah, got some skills. But yeah. I'm excited to see him play. I've always been a big fan of Anthony Brown. I always thought the Anthony Brown versus Phil Jakovic debate, which I had for a little bit when Anthony Brown left BC my freshman year and Jakovic was coming in you know, right at the end of my freshman year coming into my sophomore year since Anthony Brown was a quarterback my freshman year at BC. But I had a lot of those debates with kids at BC, the sports guru Mike Hurley. I always felt like Anthony Brown was the better quarterback just because you can make a case. he could change the game just by being able to run the ball. Jakovic could move a little bit, but it, there were no designed runs really for Jakovic. Anthony Brown could have a designed run on an option and run a little. So, And you can see that in Anthony Brown's career at BC and Oregon together. Overall in his career, 287 carries for 1,121 yards, averaging 3.9 yards a carry with 15 rushing touchdowns. Four at BC, 11 at Oregon in two years. Harbaugh's a great coach. Look what he did to Lamar Jackson. He turned him into a pretty much a, he could be a pocket passer and take him to the playoffs. Anthony Brown has a very similar skill set. Definitely. I'm sure Harbaugh will get him to get the best out of him today. Definitely. So I'll go back to the Giants really quick. Obviously, this is their first time clinching a playoff spot since 2016. And then before that was the Super Bowl run, the 2011 season, 2012 Super Bowl. It was the last time they made the playoffs before that 2016 run. The last time we won a playoff game was that 2012 playoff run. So what do you want to see out of the Giants in this playoff run? You already said they've exceeded expectations. So even if they were to come up 
show it in that playoff game, whoever they play, whether it's the 49ers or the Minnesota Vikings. It looks like it's going to be one of those two, definitely. No matter what happens in that game, I agree with you. I think the progress has been shown. This team's building still. We're building while winning. We're rebuilding while winning, which is very hard to do. And if you consider all the things the Giants have had to overcome this year, injury-wise, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, being question marks, how what their futures are, seeing how much the Giants have performed this year and how well they've performed, and all the numbers they've put up and all the production that Daniel Jones has had this year, very impressive. DJ on the year, I want to mention, 15 passing touchdowns to five picks, only two fumbles lost, or two fumbles with one of them being lost, and seven rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he's cut down his mistakes every year. I think they've gone down. Um, if they were to lose, I'd, I'd be surprised no matter against anybody because I think they got the weapons. We, we haven't even mentioned uh, number one pick, Kayvon Thibodeau, what a year he had. He, he single-handedly beat the Redskins in a crucial game for the a better seating in the playoffs. And, and the defense has playmakers. Dexter Lawrence has been a force all year. Leonard Williams. The secondary it was depleted at times, and everybody stepped up. Fabian Moreau, Pinnock, and... Um, Donnie Holmes, Nick yeah, McLeod. Yeah, Donnie Holmes and... Uh, Nick McLeod. Bradley was out. I mean, um, Adoree Jackson Adore was Jackson, out for a while. Yeah. So I think the Giants got enough weapons on defense to make, uh, to make a serious run here. So... I would be disappointed if they lost, yet I know they're ahead of schedule. They had a tremendous draft with Thibodeau and uh, Neal. The offensive line, I, I know Daniel Jones' sacks have been going down, so you've got to give the line credit. DJ gets rid of the ball fast. Over the last few weeks, he's gotten rid of it heavy. Um, I uh, think heavy. The, the, uh, the Colts sacked him at all last week. Maybe once if they did. Incredible. So um, I expect the Giants to be very dangerous no matter where they go. I think they could beat anybody. I know Philadelphia was rolling during the year, but now with Hurts coming off an injury... Who knows? Yeah. But, but Philly certainly got the talent to, to make a very deep run. But I think the Giants can stay with anybody right now. So the Giants, like you just said, they've obviously had so much production out of guys on defense. Julian Love included. He's been the best tackler Great on the Giants' tackle, defense. Yeah. 124 tackles. Better. Every year he gets better. That was a Gettleman draft pick there late in the draft. What a beautiful pickup he was. Yeah, but no question. If you look at it for the Giants' defense, they don't really have – a guy that has 10 sacks. They have a lot of guys in the middle. So they had Dex Lawrence, seven and a half. Aziz Ojalari, five and a half. Thibodeau has four sacks. All of them really coming, it seems like, in the last few games. At least three of them. Jihad Ward, three sacks. Jihad Ward's been great yeah. for that linebacker. It's all about pro. pressure. And the defensive uh, coordinator, Wink Martindale, he loves to blitz. So as long as they get home and they blitz, I mean, the sacks are coming. Definitely. I mean, they, 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 they ripped Heineke. He lost his job because of that game. I think they sacked him like three times in that strip sack fumble for a touchdown, I mean, uh, that turned the game around. So um, you got to give Martindale credit for the, for the schemes he's coming up with. Um, they, got, they got speed. Um, Ojolari can rush the quarterback. Ward can get in there. And, and now they've been coming with corner blitzes. And those guys are getting home sometimes. Definitely. It's impressive, though. I'm happy to see the Giants obviously getting a lot of production on their defense. Uh, and one last thing to mention about the Giants today, they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles. As we said, pretty much going to be a lot of the backups playing for the majority of the game. But we're hoping Gary Brightwell gets us a touchdown. I think Richie James could even have a game as well. Absolutely. Since he'll probably still get some reps. Kenny Galladay probably play as well since he's a backup. He could use the work. He could definitely use the work. You never know if you're going to need him in a yeah, playoff game really, if someone gets hurt. He hasn't made many big catches at all for us. Hasn't at all. Yeah, nothing on the season. Free agent signing. Galladay on the season has... 12 catches. Four catches on 10 targets of oh 51 yards. That's it? Yeah. Oh, and a oh well. long of 15 yards, which that was at the okay, Texans well, game that I was the, at. One of the poor uh, free agent signings, but I'm not going to not get him because we discussed this a lot off the air. Yeah, his draft picks 
Um, a certainly looking like uh, a lot of them hit eight pluses. Daniel now. Jones, Saquon Barkley, Andrew Thomas, they all hit Aziz Ojalary in the second round. Xavier McKinney in the second round. Julie McKinney. Love in the fifth round. Gary Brightwell in the sixth so round. Ojalary is a second round pick. He's hitting a lot of those. Yeah, Dexter Lawrence was a first round pick. Yeah. Obviously, he missed on some guys like DeAndre Baker. I get that. He missed yeah, on Kenny Galladay. And he missed on Nate Solder. But at the end of the day, what can you do? He, he, he got hurt. But the so drafting was very well. Galladay really didn't amount to much. Adore Jackson was a great signing, but I agree with you there. Leonard Williams, he traded for. I mean, he made a lot of good moves. A lot of the guys we have on this team right now were guys what he got. Oshane Zimedez was a third round yeah. pick. We got him. He's had a great yeah. year. Career year, two sacks. 22 total tackles we and three tackles for a loss. Crowder until he lost his job to Landon Collins. Take Crowder was a seventh-round pick. Another right. great pick by him. Took You're right. Derrick Henry right off his feet in game one and set the tone. Did. He did. Right well, at the end of the year. Defense. Right at the year. Right at the end yeah. of the year. He also got us Graham Gano. Graham Gano, one of the best kickers in the game. I mean, he got Solid us a lot of pieces. Kick, that's right, yeah. Got us a lot of pieces. Caught a coffin late in the draft. Where did come from? Jamie Gillen was a guy that... The Scottish Hammer. It was uh, Joe Shane that got him, okay. I believe, this year. But okay. We made a lot of moves, and a lot of the guys we have now were guys that Gettleman brought in. Yep, no, so he definitely hit some. Sterling Shepard, he didn't draft. It was, I believe, it was Jerry Reese that drafted Sterling Shepard. He gave Sterling Shepard extra contracts, you know, over the yeah, over the years. And, him, yeah, exactly. And Joe Shane even did this year, too, to keep him on the team. Obviously, he missed on guys like Blake Martinez. And I don't think he missed on Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez yeah, just got right. hurt. Yeah, right. He was and the best tackler on the team. lineman from Nebraska, Eric... Um, Eric Flowers, he yeah. was in Miami. That was, that was a Reese pick, I believe. Oh, was it? Okay. It was good, a Reese pick. Good, Because he kind of didn't really fulfill his potential. For Miami, right? Yeah. Yeah. He did not fulfill his potential at all. You're right about that. Uh, so just across the NFL now, I just want to run, a, run across a couple of things. Jacksonville Jaguars clinched a playoff spot for the first time since 2017 last night, winning the AFC South. Pretty impressive there. The last time they made the playoffs before 2017, which ended losing the Pages in the AFC Championship that year. 2007 was the last time they made the playoffs, wow. besides that AFC Championship run in 2017. Trevor Lawrence playing great over the last nine games of seven and two. Very impressive run for Trevor Lawrence and the boys. He's got the right coach too. Doug Peterson's a great coach. He won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles as quarterback. So um, we we knew we saw Trevor Lawrence at BC. Uh, we knew he was the real deal, worthy of the number one pick. What's this? The second year. Second year. And, he, and he's got him winning the division. I mean that that's no accident. He's the real deal. Yeah, I've loved what I've seen out of Trevor Lawrence. He's been playing great as of late. Obviously, at the end of the year. Trevor Lawrence is playing his best football. That's when you want to play your best football is Absolutely. right now. So that's really just the main Seven goal is to make the playoffs. Because yeah. anything can happen once you get in. That's the key. you got to get in. So speaking of getting in, we're going to talk about a couple situations for teams, where they can clinch and what seeding they can get. Number one seed in the AFC was already clinched yesterday. Kansas City Chiefs winning that game over the Vegas Raiders. They end up getting the first seed in the throw, AFC. Throw, yeah, throw. So pretty impressive, obviously, for yeah. them. But Love Mahomes. If Buffalo were to beat New England this week, and then play Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, that game would be played at a neutral site. Neutral site. Okay. Yep. So there's a lot of situations here. A lot at stake. So for the second seed in the AFC, right now the Bills could clinch that if they were to beat the Patriots today or Cincinnati loses to the Baltimore Ravens. The Bengals clinch the two seed with a win versus the Baltimore Ravens. And if the Patriots lose to the Buffalo Bills, they need both of those things to happen. The four seed clinched by Jacksonville winning the AFC South. Five and six seeds. Los Angeles Chargers and Baltimore Ravens, they've already clinched a 5 and 6 each, but they can either move to the 5 or the 6. Chargers can clinch a 5 seed with a win at Denver today or a Baltimore loss versus the Cincinnati Bengals. The Ravens clinch a 5 seed with a win today at the Cincinnati Bengals and a Los Angeles Chargers loss at the Denver Broncos. If both of those teams were to win between the Chargers and the Ravens, it would set up the 6 seed Baltimore Ravens playing the 3 seed Cincinnati Bengals in the wildcard round. That game would be determined 
on a coin flip based on who is the home field's advantage for that game. Whoever gets a home field advantage, it'll be determined on a coin flip between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. The seventh seed comes down to today. The New England Patriots, Miami Dolphins, Pittsburgh Steelers all are alive. The Patriots clinch a seventh seed with the win at Buffalo or Miami Dolphins loss versus the Jets and a Pittsburgh Steelers loss versus Cleveland Browns. The Dolphins get in if they were to beat the Jets today and the Patriots lose to the Buffalo Bills. And the Steelers get in if they were to beat the Browns and the Patriots lose to the Bills and the Miami Dolphins lose to the Jets. What are your opinions on the playoff seedings here? Who do you think is going to get the seventh seed? Patriots, Dolphins, Steelers, and anything else in between? I, I think the uh, most important thing with the NFL is they always want teams to have a chance at the end. So that um, mediocre type uh, team, I, I think, is really true this year. You can see it because so many teams have a chance to make the playoffs the last game of the year. As far as this year goes, um, I don't think the Patriots have much of a chance in Buffalo, no matter what. Um, I think Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, you know, Tomlin's never had a losing season. I think he's, what, like 18? 15 eight, straight right years. 15 Fif- straight years. That's so on the line today. you got to like their chances against Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland's playing better with Deshaun Watson. Um, but I, that, that's a close game to call. But I wouldn't bet against Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin in a, you know, at home in a January game in Pittsburgh with the playoffs on the line. The Jets and Dolphins should be a great game, but you got Joe Flacco against Skylar Thompson here. That's a starters. Boy, what a drop in quarterback talent. So the best unit on the field, actually the Jets defense is really good and the Dolphins defense is pretty good. So that's going to be a field goal game. Maybe give an edge to the Dolphins at home because um, the Jets are uh, eliminated, correct? Jets are out. So I think the Dolphins are going to win. I wouldn't bet against Pittsburgh. I think the Patriots will lose. So however that shakes down, I think that's going to be the playoffs, the playoff scenarios um, in the AFC. For the Dolphins, have lost five games in a row. Tough stretch over the last five weeks. They've been dealing with injuries. Tua Tagovailoa is out today. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater is out today. Teron Armstead, the stunning tackle, is out today. So they're missing some key pieces, obviously not having two in the lineup in Teron Armstead. As for the Steelers, they've won three in a row, eight and eight. That... 500 record or better in every single year for 15 straight years. And Mike Thomas on the line today. Big game for them. Obviously, they have to beat the Browns to keep that 8-8 eight and eight record to make it 9-8, and eight, so he's over 500. And then for the other team, the Miami Dolphins, losing five in a row. Obviously, not the best stretch, but I think the Dolphins get in. I think the Patriots lose today to the Bills. I think it could be a close game, but I think they lose today against the Bills, so they'll be eliminated. And it leaves the Dolphins with the chance, if they were to beat the Jets today to make they're the playoffs. In. In. They win and they're in if the Patriots were to lose to the Bills. So, obviously, there's a lot at stake there in the AFC. And then the Steelers just being alive right now is impressive since they started yeah. so poor. Right. They, they made the switch at quarterback midseason, right? Kenny Pickett. Yeah. yeah, Mitch Trubisky didn't really work out there, I guess. Uh, as for the NFC, really quick, the number one seed is clinched by the Philadelphia Eagles today if they were to win. They play the Giants today, so a lot at stake in that game. They also can clinch the number one seed with the Dallas Cowboys loss in a San Francisco 49ers loss. They clinched the two seed... With the Philadelphia Eagles, if they were to lose today's game and Dallas were to lose in the San Francisco 49ers win, San Francisco would end up getting the one seed in that situation. If San Francisco wins and Philadelphia loses, they get the one seed. So there's a lot at stake in that game. Obviously, San Francisco, the Eagles, both those teams are going to be playing all their starters trying to get that one seed. The Vikings, the best they could do really is the two seed. If they were to win today and San Francisco loses, they clinch the two seed. They also could clinch the two seed if they were to tie and San Francisco loses, but ties obviously... Probably not going to happen. Realistically, the Vikings probably end up being the three seed if they were to win today. Or if they were to lose today, they end up being the three seed if San Francisco wins today or if they both tie San Francisco and Minnesota. The Dallas Cowboys can clinch the one seed actually today if they were to win today. And Philly loses to the Giants. And San Francisco loses as well. 
They could clinch a two seed if they were to win today. Dallas wins and Philadelphia loses and San Francisco wins. San Francisco gets a one in that situation. And they could end up being the three or the five, excuse me. If Dallas loses, they end up being the five seed. Or if Philadelphia wins, they end up being the five seed. The Giants clinch a six seed. The Bucks clinch a four seed. Seven seed, NFC. This is where it comes down to the seven seed yet again in the conference. AFC, obviously, it's the Jets, Steelers, and Patriots here. Green Bay. It's not the Jets, excuse me, Dolphins, Patriots, and Steelers. In this situation, it's the Green Bay Packers, Seattle Seahawks, Detroit Lions. Green Bay clinches the seventh seed if they were to win. The Seahawks clinch a seventh seed if they were to win today versus the, who the Seattle Seahawks playing? Rams, was it? Rams, right? Seattle clinches today if they were to beat the Rams and Green Bay loses. They also clinch a seventh seed if they were to tie. Detroit ties and Washington loses or ties. Very unlikely any of that happens, the ties. So at the end of the day, Seattle gets in if they were to win and Green Bay loses. And then the Detroit Lions can actually get in if they were to win today and Seattle loses and you add a Green Bay. Well, they're playing Green Bay. So if they were to beat Green Bay and Seattle loses, Detroit's in. What a story for Dan Campbell, huh? Yeah. As good as the Giants because that there's a franchise that hardly has any big wins in the last 20, 30 years. They really haven't had too many winning seasons. But at the end of the day, they got, they got back on track this year. For and Dan Campbell. Obviously playing good football right now. They're 8-8 eight and eight on the year. Same thing with the Packers, 8-8. Eight and eight. Packers have won four in a row, though. They're going to be the hottest team going to playoffs, one of the hottest teams. I know the Bengals and the Bills both have longer winning streaks. Bills, six wins in a row. Chiefs, five in a row. Bengals, seven in a row. Jaguars, five in a row. Pretty impressive runs there. The Chargers have four wins in a row themselves. As for the 49ers, though, if the Giants were to face either the 49ers or the Vikings, who would you rather face? Well, I think the better unit is the San Francisco defense. I mean, the Giants went to Minnesota could have won the game. Did we lose in overtime? It was a field goal. Game-winning field goal, goal, like 61-yarder. 61-yarder at the end. So, I mean, if I had to pick a poison, I'd rather play at Minnesota than at San Francisco. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to today. You can move the ball on Minnesota's defense. Yeah, I agree with you there. We're going to be the six seed, so we're going to be playing the the three seed in the NFC, which that could end up being San Francisco if they were to lose today and Minnesota wins. And it could be the Vikings if San Francisco wins today or Minnesota loses. We'll end up playing... Them as the three. We're going to play the three seed. San Francisco both win. Isn't Minnesota still the three seed, I think? Yeah, Minnesota would be the three seed, I believe. Good. If San Francisco wins at all, Minnesota stays the three. Right. So I I, I like our chances, the Giants going to Minnesota next week at a wild card weekend. I think we can win in the dome. We we made a couple of mistakes in that game. We did. We didn't have a Dory Jackson. It didn't have a Dory Jackson. It didn't have Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams. So we're going to be much healthier now. Yeah, having both those guys. And Xavier McKinney, we didn't have. Xavier McKinney, we didn't have. You you can put pressure on Kirk Cousins, and uh, he doesn't have the running ability of Daniel Jones. So can't extend plays. Big advantage for the Giants going into Minnesota. The Giants had Leonard Williams in that game. He had a sack. It was without Xavier McKinney and Adoree Jackson. Two big losses, not having either one of those guys. So it'd obviously be interesting to see how that plays out. But can't wait. Who do you want to get the NFC seven seed? Packers, Lions, or the Seattle Seahawks? Uh, you know, the Seahawks were a great story all year until they, they hit the skids now late. I mean, they were like 7-2 and two maybe at one year, and Geno Smith was rewriting his career. I was happy for them, but I don't see them doing anything, so I don't want to see them get in. I've, I've been an Aaron Rodgers fan, and I like the fact that Green Bay would be an underdog going forward. I think they play better than as a favorite. That'd be a great story with Aaron Rodgers, but I'm also happy for Dan Campbell. So either Green Bay or Detroit, I'd be very excited to see how they're going to do. I think Green Bay's the better team. I think they'll win today. 
Uh, they're playing much better. You said they got a four-game win streak. It's going to be cold out there. Detroit's a dome team. Yep. you got to like Aaron Rodgers. So I think Aaron Rodgers could be dangerous in the first round of the playoffs, too. As good as San Francisco is, if Green Bay goes out there, I think they're going to give the 49ers a game. Rodgers is getting more comfortable with his receivers. they got a strong running game with our boy from PC, A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones is still a breakaway guy, and their defense is playing much better. So that would be a great game, Green Bay at Frisco, against a rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy. Definitely. I think Green Bay could actually win that I game. That, that's a hot take probably, I but I think they could win that. that one. I think Green Bay could win that game. And if you look at it, the Packers averaging 28.6 points per game since week 10. In the first nine weeks of the season, they only averaged 17.1 points per game. And now in the last seven, eight weeks since week 10, 28.6 points per game. It's got to be so, 11 more. Receivers. Pretty impressive. And the defense is only allowing 17 points per game in the last four weeks, and they locked up Justin Jefferson last week. So the defense has gotten much better. They destroyed Minnesota last week. So if they were to win tonight, Sunday Night Football versus the Detroit Lions, they're in the playoffs. If the Packers get in, which Seattle right now holds the seventh spot in the NFC over them, but if the Packers were to win, they're, they're in. in. They're the Packers in. have the edge over I'll be them. I'm rooting for Rodgers. I think they could do more damage in the playoffs than Detroit or Seattle, without question. I think they can make a run. I truly believe the Giants could beat the Minnesota Vikings in the first round. I think the Packers could beat the 49ers in the I first round. So. I think the Bucks could even beat the Cowboys. Who knows? I know you're not really that high on the Bucks this year, but... Nah, no, but with Brady, you never know. He could get hot. He's got the, he's got the uh, ability to prove he can win big games. Dallas seems to self-destruct for some reason. Uh, you know, midseason, they look like the best, best team in football, right? Yeah. And now people are pointing the finger at Dak. I mean, the defense has been pretty good all year. Micah Parsons, again, following up a great rookie year. Um, they got playmakers on both sides of the ball, but for some reason, I don't know if it's the coach... Um, they, uh, not that they self-destruct, but they, they're not as invincible as they once looked a few weeks ago. Definitely. Yeah, it's a long it's season, too. It's a long season, too. So we'll see how things work out today. As you said, the seventh seed, it's going to be interesting to see who gets that. I think the Packers are a very hot team, obviously winning four in a row. They're a dangerous squad to have to face in the playoffs. And Aaron Rodgers right now turned the season around 25 touchdowns for 11 picks. Was very slow out of the gate. Now, obviously, you see since week 10, averaging 29 points per game Teams like Green Bay and, and the Giants, they got nothing to lose. So if they play a road game. They got nothing, you know. They're not going to be afraid to play outdoors on the road. I think they can beat teams. The most dangerous teams to play against are teams that have nothing to lose right, and are right. playing with the house's money, where they have nothing they to lose and they've already made it. On both sides of the ball, good kicker, good defenses. That's what it takes to win in the playoffs. Good running game too. Definitely. And both teams can run the ball well. I'm excited to see what happens there. So the seventh seed in the NFC, you think it ends up being Green Bay? I do. I think it ends up being Green Bay. AFC. You were liking the, I think the Dolphins, Dolphins right? Enjoy, Me yeah. too. I, I like, like the, the Dolphins, Dolphins as well. I'm hoping the Dolphins get in. That's what I'm rooting for. Will be back for the playoffs? He should be, right? We'll see how it goes with this concussion protocol. But either way, I think Teddy Bridgewater will probably be back. But one but of those two. Remember how good the Dolphins were with Tua. They beat the Bills when both teams were like full strength early in the season. They were really good. Tua was for real. With it was. New weapons. 469 yards he threw yeah, against right? the Ravens and six up. touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Six touchdowns? Which is nuts. They need a healthy tour, and I think Miami could be dangerous. As well, yeah, I would agree with you there. And no, obviously, the two, whip, two weapons. See, yeah, I don't see them going anywhere without Tua, though. Two great weapons in Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. The Jets, they can win today. I'd like the Dolphins to win and get in. Me too. Hopefully, they get in. Obviously, need the Patriots to lose in that game against Buffalo as well. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, and one last thing to mention, you talked about the Seahawks. They really did fall off. They were 6-3 and three at one point in the season. Now find themselves at 5-8. and or eight and eight. So, so two wins and five losses in their last seven games. So obviously, not a great stretch there for the Seattle Seahawks, but they still have a chance to make it in today. They need some help, obviously, but they do have a chance of getting in. One last thing I want to mention, DeMar Hamlin, obviously the Bills' safety, had a scary accident on Monday night football. 
made a tackle on T. Higgins. Very scary incident. Obviously, it shook up the sports world. Shook up, honestly, the world in general. Yeah. And now he's making great progress. They say he's completely neurologically intact. He has feeling in his feet and his hands. He can talk. Obviously, great progress. He had a great, like, tweet today or something about all the prayers being answered. And uh, it's got to be the best story of the year in the NFL. The fact that he's going to be fine, I hope. All indications are his recovery is going well. If he could ever make it back on the field, I mean, that would be the ultimate. But I'm very ha- so happy that he's going to be fine, I hope. Definitely. Um, let me find his tweet that he said today. Yeah, it was a very uh, he emotional. He a great tweet. Yeah. He had a great tweet today he about the situation. Brothers again. Imagine yeah. that, that feeling, how that's going to feel if he ever makes it back that far. He said, putting love into the world comes back three times as much. Thankful for everyone who has reached out and prayed. This will make me stronger on the road to recovery. Keep praying for me. That was yesterday. He also had another tweet today that was even better than that, uh, which I, I love all his tweets. But he said this, nothing I want more than to be running out of the tunnel with my brothers. God using me in a different way today. Tell someone you love them today. Let's go. And then put the three for his number. So obviously great story with Tamai Hamlin being back, able to tweet and being back neurologically intact is huge. And at the end of the day, even if you were not to play football again, just being able to walk again and talk and being able to write and being able to watch football and live a normal life, that's most important at the end of the day. So obviously I'm happy for him and you are as well. Absolutely. It's the best story of the year in the NFL. So God bless him. Yeah, he definitely... uh, Made a lot of progress over the last three or four days. Now the Bills are psyched to play since they got a FaceTime from him on Friday. And now the team's psyched. They want to go out there and win for him. So should be a good game today for the Buffalo Bills. It's going to be a lot, obviously, there emotionally, though, for them. Yeah. It's going to be a tough game, probably, for them emotionally since they don't have him out there. But they're obviously psyched with him making so, so much, much progress. It's positive uh, news. Right. Definitely. So thank you so much, Paul, for coming on today. Yeah. Appreciate it. It was a pleasure okay. talking sports with you. And we'll be back right before the playoffs next week. We'll talk about Can't the Giants. Wait for next wildcard weekend is going to be one of the best. I'm excited as well. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate you guys listening. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. Hope you guys have a good one. Thank you.